Conversation Hat Podcast. What a fantastic way to say welcome to the Conversation Hat Podcast live stream episode. My name is Ben. His name is Liam. We are the people who do the show that you're listening to or possibly watching live online now. Howdy and doody to you. My duty is fine. Thank you for asking. How is your duty? Uh, mine's howdy. Ooh. Got little cowboy poops. I got some lotion for that. If you want the lotion. Father Christmas went to the doctor's. Right. With a mince pie up his bum. Oh, yeah. And the That's doctor bad. said, I've got some cream for that. Ah, right. So he was just going to eat ate it. Santa's ass. With the pie. He was both on the naughty and the nice list. Package, package, bulging sack. You know what I mean? No. Which package, package? <laughs> Fuck is package, package? Package, package. <laughs> we we have to, uh, for the pod babies, um, I think that I should describe your Muppet and you should describe mine. For so, this, this show is about Muppets, the, as you probably have guessed from the thing that says Muppets yeah, in the title. True. So Liam and I, over the last four days, um, have made Muppets. I learned to sew three days ago, and uh, I'm still not sure if I should be proud or not of uh, Bimini Jim. Bimini Jim. Bimini Jim. He's not a sock. I made him proper. Uh, it's got some... Lee, Liam, you, you describe Bimini Jim for the... Bimini Jim. For the ladies and gentlemen pod babies. So, for the benefit of uh, listeners, wherever you are, uh, you can go to our socials to see pictures of these uh, wonderful chaps. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to audio describe them. Well, I'm going to audio describe Ben's for you now. Um, it, the thing is about Bimini Jim, he's an adorable Muppet. He's more of like a traditional Muppet build than, than my, my chap. Um, it looks like a very long sock, but it's not. There's way more effort. Ben's actually like cut up and <laughs> sewn together half a t-shirt by the looks of it. Um, yep. he, he's got the, the sort of Kermit mouth. So you can, you can kind of emote with his face a little bit. You can do like the scrunchy up stuff. You can like, uh, punch words out with your hand. Um, he's got sporks for eyes. His eyes are a bit wonky. Uh, it's modelled after Ben himself. Um, ben yep. has poor depth perception, and this sock cannot see. Um, so he's got. <laughs> to be fair, they're sporks, not proper actual optic eyes. Oh, sorry, I thought those were legit eyes. Um, Jiminy Bim has a single tendril, <laughs> which I'm reliably informed is supposed to function as an arm, uh, but he doesn't really have hands. He just has the Weetabix logo. <laughs> <laughs> where his hand should be. He's a monster he of branding. Uh, he's 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 the colour of dried blood. And I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind, Liam. Uh, I, have, I have a Muppet tip. He loves you too. That's irrelevant. Uh, I have a Muppet tip for uh, whenever you happen to be performing with him. Uh, Muppeteers, not a word, um, when they're when they're doing the mouth movements for for the mouth section of Muppets, uh, you don't just move them up and down. You've got to kind of like act as if you're throwing words, which is quite fun to um, 
find out. So it's not just map, 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 map. You've got to like blah, blah, blah. I'll I'll be completely honest with you, Liam. Yeah. Whilst I did put a lot of effort in, I didn't take this one hundred percent seriously. Oh, I've been to Muppet Camp, y'all. Well, we can discuss that later. I was just giving him a little, doing a little dance. Yeah. Um, shall I? You. Shall That's, I prep that my is chat? A good tip for someone who wants to be a Muppeteer. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be a Muppeteer, man? Um, Liam, yeah. please introduce our pod babies to Oop. your Muppet. So. And I shall audio describe him. His name is Belvedere Screw. Um, I I can so because I'm a recovering metalhead. Um, he can do a shoulder dance, but I I can't do it very well. Um, yeah, do you want to do you want to describe him for the audio people? Um, I yes, I will do my very best whilst you're holding it to a different camera. Belvedere, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back. Is a thank you. Is a is a common fellow. He wears a checked shirt which covers his entire form. Has one in eye covering, I would say, what, 30% of his face? Yeah, most of his no face. No other facial features, but some glorious ribboned hair tied in, I'm going to say ponytail opposed to a lazy man bun. Yeah. it has got some lovely button work going lovely down buttons. the front of his body, which seems pretty solid. Not like he's built or muscular, but I think he's made of sticks inside. Yes. And he's got some little pegs on his... Have you actually... You've, you've given him... Uh, you've given his sleeves cuffs. Sort of. They are actually cuffs from a shirt. Oh. But I've, like, roundy-rounded them. That's what his head is. That's what his arms are. And it's mostly just to give them weight, because I knew that I couldn't, like, properly articulate... Uh, his head and the arms so I figure if I give him shoulders and then like that says a bit of foam in his hands if I just dangle them down they just have some weight so he can sort of like flap around got some movement got some energy I'm really impressed that he's got um, the the pegs for hands I'm legit impressed with myself he's got little pegs at the end of his stumps for holding small things yeah what you got he'll hold it Uh, he's Six and a half inches tall, loves walks by the beach, and uh, you know, it's it's finally looking to settle down and find the one. Start yes. that chapter of his life. By that chapter of life, what do you mean? You can't fuck him. Uh, the, the rest <laughs> of the de- decaying form that he is in as his body and mind slowly melt away like a black forest gatto in the shower. Ben, Maintaining gotta... the components, but not the structure, so they just sort of fade away you down gotta the st- drain of life. You've got to stop keep, keeping your cakes in the shower, man. You have to stop telling me where I can and cannot rinse my cakes. Stop rinsing cakes. I That's... will never stop rinsing cakes. So you can go and, as we said, find uh, pictures on our social media. At Convo Hat Podcast, most places. At Convo Hat Podcast or at Spike Pearson on Instagram. Yeah. That's not all we've done today, because that would be awful. That would be insane. Format. Audio describing a physical thing as a podcast. 
no, not going to happen. We just wanted to give you a complete picture there. I mean, it did happen. It yes. happened for about seven minutes. Boy, did that happen. it's not happening anymore because we've got more stuff. So much more stuff. So much more stuff. At least a page Yes, spicy chai bunny. Like tears in the rain, but not tears on your face. Tears of a cake. Right. Spelt different. Oh, his head's fallen off. <laughs> Sorry, his spine just fell out of his body. The weird thing about his spine is it does have red paint on the end. So, like... <laughs> it does feel a bit like his brain's fallen out. <laughs> but it's... It's authentic. It is authentic. It's way more realistic. Stay, you prick. Liam. Hello. For preparation for this, we did a few things. One of which was watching uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Yes, the we first are... in the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Yes, written by uh, Robert Louis Capaldi. Stevenson. But we can, we're going to talk about that in a bit. First, yes. we're just going to talk a little bit about Muppets. Yeah. Ben, I would well, like to know what your personal relationship with the Muppets is. Because I sense you have more of one than I do. The Muppets seem to have been one of those things that... Like knowing what the flag of your country is, or knowing who Queen are, it seems to be something that I was never really introduced to. I just was all always new of the Muppets. Yeah. I watched Muppet Christmas Carol almost every Christmas when I was when I was a wee boy, and then sometimes they would just sort of pop up, be there. They, I, I was aware of the Muppet Show. Yeah. But I, I was not born by the time it... I don't know, I think I was probably about three. I don't know when it finished. I don't know how old I am. But it was always something that has um, been there, been yeah. present. And I think the things in my life, of, not my personal life, that would be odd, but I think there's a lot of um, pop culture exists because of the Muppet. Mm. I mean, there's. I I always remember. Did you ever watch CBBC when you were small? Uh, yes, a bit. Do you remember Otis the Aardvark? I'm going to give that a Google in case I do, but I imagine he I was, do not. He was sort of like this puppet Aardvark thing, which felt quite. Oh yeah. Muppety, and I remember going to go and see a panto. Um, uh, I believe in Cambridge when I was a small boy, and Otis the Aardvark was there. Bloody he hell! He was in the panto. Crazy. He was advertised as Otis the Aardvark, playing whatever character in Robin Hood, I think, and there were local celebrities in there as well. Did he play the hood? He did not play the hood. That would be strange. But he did strange. sing um, Wonderwall with okay. one of the DJs from Q103, I think it was. Wow. And it, I, I remember it vividly because it wasn't a puppet. It was Otis the Aardvark playing someone. There was, yeah. no, there was nothing in my brain saying that is someone be, doing a voice and playing a part of a puppet just reading out scripts. It was the Aardvark reading the scripts. So every time I watched The Muppets, and I think still, I have to put a bit of effort in to go... There's people underneath the TV, yeah, moving all of this around. Particularly on like, but but they'll go on like Jimmy Kimmel, 
Kermit the Frog will go on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. As Kermit the Frog. I love that the characters are, they're rich and real and they feel like actual people, even though a good few of them were created by old jackets in the <laughs> 50s. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We've sort of, our society, like, all gotten on board with this um, cognitive dissonance. Like, we know that it is a dude with his hand in some felt, but, like, no, the the, the person we're watching is a... Uh, is Kermit the Frog or Thingy the Aardvark. From a production point of view, that's really interesting as well because I wonder, like, you just need the puppeteer. You don't even need, like, Otis's actual genuine puppeteer because you don't even need him there to do the voice. You could pre-record the whole thing and you just get some dickhead to, to do the motions on the stage. And someone to press the button at the someone appropriate press, times. Yeah, someone to, like queue up the audio like that's a genius idea you could have the same show taking place simultaneously across the across the globe y'all whilst that is true i don't think that they did this and i think the reason why they did i think the reason they didn't do it is something what makes them feel more real yeah because you could say the same thing for the jimmy kimmel show with kermit and miss piggy but then but someone might say something uh i Remember that there was a uh, bit of a fuck up in the in the panto. Someone had to crawl between this bloke's legs. It's quite a tall man crawling between the legs, and things were hit. Right. So sometimes things will happen that can't be predicted, or are those staged to give it the illusion? If you legit? start thinking that everything's staged, then you will stop having fun. Thing is, the world is flat, though, isn't it? No, that's that's the stage of the panto. That's not the no, but it's flat. When Shakespeare the said isn't... the world is a stage and all the men and women simply players, paraphrasing, yeah, right? He, he didn't mean that it was flat. And what was his theatre called? The Globe. Yeah, and because it has the it... whole world in it. No, it was flat, and the Globe is flat. So. Okay, we're getting <laughs> off topic. We're talking about <laughs> cloth frogs. Cloth frog. Kremit but the, the cloth The fact frog. that the person is there, they, they, can react, they can react to things going on around them as perhaps they would. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, um, flirt, like, like flirting. Miss Piggy could flirt with people who were doing interviews with them. And I like that they keep. They seem to keep that because it f- it feels like it is the per- the the character. The it's Miss Piggy. I can't call it the person or anything. It's Miss Piggy. Uh, Frank Oz, I think. Uh, this see now. This is the thing that I. Yes, I think it is Frank Oz, who's yeah. also Yoda. Yep, that's why they sound exactly the same. <laughs> but hearing Miss, watching Miss Piggy speak, I don't get much Yoda. Do you not? Watching Yoda speak, 80% Miss Piggy. Oh, totally. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. If you didn't know that, when you finish listening to this, go and watch a clip of Miss Piggy and then a clip of Yoda. And it's amazing how I had to be told that this was the case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is, as you say, it's remarkably, it is very obvious. Have you heard of the show Avenue Q? I know Avenue Q. Not seen it, but I'm aware of it. I have seen Avenue Q. I've seen it twice. Once in Cambridge, once in the West End. It's a grown-up musical. 
it has songs like The Internet is for Porn. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's a little bit racist. Yeah. You can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love. But the majority of the characters are puppets. Yeah. They are played with Muppet-style puppets. But the, the people, the actors, who are the voice and the singing and the controlling, aren't hidden. Mm. They're just wearing black, but they've got full, you know, like eyeliner, makeup on. They're not hidden at all. Yeah. They're in full view, but you, but you watch the puppet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just, you don't look at the people, even though they are exactly there. You're looking straight at the puppet. There's a song called Fine, Fine Line that is sung by uh, Kate Monster. And I cried when I first heard that. <laughs> and I remember, like, tears on my face, thinking, it's a bit of cloth. <laughs> That's... It, it's a bit of fuzz on someone's hand, but I care yeah. so much about it. I think that's part of, like, the the whimsical... Um, I'm going to say the word childish. I don't mean, like, silly child. I mean, like, just the, the young part of your brain that, like... Puts, the inner child. Yeah, the inner child that, like, puts meaning and um, emotions on and life onto stuffed animals it's, it's the same bit of your brain like you're totally willing to accept that this monster with giant weird eyes is like emoting I think it's and that's the sort of I think that's the part of the brain that like you really tap into with that a question just a just a no, passing just thought a, that I had through just said a little, little bit little nugget and what of are stuff. we but passing thoughts yes but it, it's but all of that I think the ability to do that or to get people so it's not just me mm. who got sad when the puppet was sad I think everyone does and I think that we are ready to do that because of the Muppets yeah, and how we are aware of them and they exist and we accept that that's yeah totally it, 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 it would without the Muppets puppets would still probably be weird and just for kids yeah that's sort of quite interesting. That goes into one of my um, one of the notes I've got. That basically Muppets Henson never wanted Muppets to be for kids, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. My sort of relationship with the Muppets is um, a little more to do with the the ancillary content. So I, I'm way more familiar with uh, Sesame Street, uh, Fraggle Rock, to a lesser extent Muppet Babies, and then the films. So like I yeah I've seen bits of the Muppet Show, but like. I think Sesame Street was more part of like my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. so well, I that d- that was aimed for yeah. The, uh, Henson made that for kids. Well, Henson didn't um, even make it. He he was given the show, and we'll get to we'll get to my Sesame Street fact in a bit. Um, so yes, what? I don't, I don't want to tread on your. No, not at all. I, I'm being cautious to not essentially reiterate the same stuff um i have a frank Oz fact and then we can get into history of the muppets and then muppet treasure island um frank Oz's full name is frank ozkowitz um and he he shortened his name because he went on a show and this was the the first time he got like on a national stage with um with jim henson who is basically his best friend at this point and the um the guy introducing them i guess hadn't read the cue card in advance 
So it said Frank Oskowitz and uh, Jim Henson and Frank Oskowitz, and he said, Jim Henson and Frank Oz, here they are. <laughs> so Frank Oz was like, right, guess that's my name now. Guess that's <laughs> that's going to be my brand. That's my name. <laughs> um, yeah, just because this guy like hadn't prepped his notes. He was just like, ah, Oz. Imagine a show where people don't prep with their notes. I got notes. I even Thoroughly wrote these before. notes. If he wrote his own cue card, that wouldn't have been a problem. That's true. Wow me. I will not. Um, so Jim Henson, uh, as a kid, was basically introduced to um, making stuff and crafts through his grandmother, who was always building shit out of felt, basically. Um, as a kid, uh, when he was at school, there was a uh, an advert for looking for kids to become involved in a local kids TV show. And basically like a bunch of kids showed up and did puppety type things for this TV show. And after a little bit got shut down because that's fucking child slavery. They weren't paying these kids. They were just getting the kids to do something to essentially do work for free. So it got shut the fuck down. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, which that's is not a thing that fair enough. Um, so, but that kind of instilled a passion in Jim Henson to do stuff with puppets. Um, so he got a show on uh, local TV. I think it was it Wisconsin he was born in. Maybe I should have written that down. It, I was about to, can't blame your notes for that one. Yeah, that's on me. Let's just see. Just out of curiosity, where was he from? Mississippi. There we go. Sure, why not? I don't have it in my notes. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, who cares? I don't know, Texas? Um, he got uh, a local TV gig, uh, the Sam and Friends show, and that is where Kermit uh, was developed, and that is where they developed a lot of the production techniques. Um, so they kind of developed how to hold puppets and how to do uh, dialogue. It's not just that you've got to do the mouth movements, you've got to sort of punch words out of your hand and that's why Muppets look like they're emoting because when we talk we don't just go map 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 we actually use our bodies and gesticulate to use a word that sounds like balls um (laughs) (laughs) didn't write that that's improv some good improv this is why I have tried to focus a little more on my um intro with things that I personally knew about Muppets or experiences that I had because I found these Similar facts. And di- have you seen the original Kermit? I, as soon as I saw that, I felt much better <laughs> about the Bimini <laughs> yeah, Jim. Fair. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow, Kermit looked like shit as well. <laughs> yep. He didn't quite have the face yet. Um, quite the charisma and the pizzazz. What's really interesting about the, um, the sort of the production side of things is that obviously the cameras are angled so that it's the Muppets looking down the lens. Um, so they, yeah, they, they put in a lot of work to make it look like it's these Muppets that are presenting themselves, not the people behind the Muppets. And that's also where they developed the idea of having um, the cameras actually raised and so, that, so dudes could stand or sit and then do the Muppet actions um, essentially with scaffolding going across them. So anytime you see a person and a Muppet interact... That person is probably stood on scaffolding with like 
dudes underneath mm. them waving their hands around. Um, which puts a real fun spin on uh, Muppet Christmas Carol because Michael Caine is like, he's not walking slowly because he's walking to the beat. He doesn't want to fall and die. <laughs> um, well, Michael Caine didn't... I mean, I was saying earlier that people probably... There's very few people who don't know the Muppets now. Michael Caine yeah. didn't know the Muppets. I can believe that. So I can believe just, that he has his he, own little empire that he's in charge of and anything outside of the Michael Caine brand is completely... Universe. Yeah, he's probably not heard of Pokemon either. Well, nah. He go, <laughs> I reckon he, goes he hasn't. Around. He goes mm. around, he plays Pokemon Go. Um, he's got so a catch that, them all. The Sam and Friends oh, show... Oh, <laughs> If I say another bloody Squirtle in this bloody pond... <laughs> I'm going to flip my shit. <laughs> um, niche, Michael Caine, Pokemon wow. crossover there for you. Um, Thank you. That that has made my day. <laughs> Sam and friends helped uh, Jim Henson and the Muppets get some national exposure. They had because of their their sort of chilled vibe. A lot of the humour that they developed really revolves around um, Muppets kind of being these easygoing, hippie kind of, beatnik kind of guys playing off of these like rigid square business suit kind of characters. And that is still the Muppet sense of humour. Um, just some bunch of chilled cats going about their day, ev- like poking fun of these squares in a way that it kind of goes over their head. Yeah, square. Um, the one word we don't say um henson got a few national gigs uh booked off the back of the sam and friends show uh including a shitload of coffee adverts a shitload yeah one shitload um (laughs) and that that was how we made money and that's how the muppets really got their national recognition and again it was it's basically coffee adverts for this one brand that revolved around hey it says here that you're a dick if you don't drink this coffee and then a, a Muppet walks in and like I'm not a dick give me that coffee and then he explodes and he's like ha 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 I guess you're a dick that's the whole that's the whole thing just with a lot of different Muppets and then other coffee companies basically got Henson to do exactly the same thing and just swap out the coffee brand <laughs> And wow. there was no like competition laws. Every all the fucking coffee companies had a Muppet advert, um, which is crazy. Could you imagine that happening now? They'd be like Nescafe would be like, "You stop my coffee advert, me." Um, that's what Costa Coffee sound like, uh, or whatever coffee brand it was. I just said, uh, 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 uh. Um, I think I I've lost where he met Frank Oz. Uh, I think it was around about the time that he was doing these coffee adverts and he had like a few placements on like uh, whatever Jimmy Kimmel show was back then, the equivalent. Oh, um, I think I think it was another Jimmy. It was it, like, yes. Jimmy D. Jimmy Dean? The Jimmy Dean show, yes. So uh, Kermit was one of the first Muppet creations, uh, but the first Muppet to become popular was Rolf, the piano playing dog, and he was a regular on the Jimmy Dean show. So all these wonderful things are happening. Um, Henson uh, buddies up with Frank Oz, another puppeteer, um, and basically they're like 
the best of friends and they always would be it's adorable and they got offered they got booked to work on sesame street so they they weren't it wasn't their show it was something that i think was developed with them in mind and henson's a fucking genius because he said he waived his performance fee to retain the rights to his original characters right so so normally when you do a show when when you're paid money to do a show everything you make inside of that show becomes the intellectual property of um the producers of of the people making the show because they're paying you to do it so if you have a really good idea for something else on their time that's their idea essentially but he said no because i need to act in this i need to do the voice work i need to do the the muppeteering um don't pay me for that but I want to retain the rights to all of these characters. So, um, uh, Big Bird, Bert and Ernie, Hector the Garbage Man, can't remember his Snuffleupagus. name. All of them are his IP. So he can use them wherever the heck he wants uh, because he, he waived his performance fee, which is genius, and that absolutely um, worked in his favour down the line. Um uh, yeah. The reason um, Sesame Street has a kind of sketch show vibe, which it sort of does, is because of uh, the success he had in advertising. Uh, Henson was really good at these less than a minute, short, snippy, da 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 done kind of segments. So that's why Sesame Street isn't like a sketch show, which sometimes has like um, threads running throughout it because he comes from advertising, which I thought was really interesting. Um have the, you seen James Blunt on Sesame Street? Yeah. Yeah. He sings about his triangle to the tune of You're Beautiful. Yeah. It's, um, and... I don't mind it. I'm not sure who I love more for doing that. Either, <laughs> either James Blunt or Sesame Street for coming up with the idea. It is... It is from Sesame Street... Unlike the Ricky Gervais interview with Elmo, right? <laughs> that's that's where that's that's a good example of um, them having to be real and not recorded because there are bloopers from that. When yeah. Ricky Gervais asks Elmo if he knows what necrophilia is, <laughs> and Elmo just starts crying with laughter. <laughs> So obviously it's it's the person controlling it and voicing it, possibly two people, depending yeah. on which one, not only laughing, but putting Elmo's head down, his head in his hands, saying in Elmo's voice to the to the interviewer, going, Where did you lose this interview? What are you doing? <laughs> uh oh, uh that reminds me of something I didn't write down. Um just when you were saying about uh having more than one person control a Muppet. Swedish Chef, as a character, the reason he is so sporadic and chaotic is because Frank Oz was the Swedish Chef and he had to do whatever it is he had to do in that sketch. Frank Oz only has control of one of Swedish Chef's arms. The other arm is Jim Henson fucking with him. <laughs> How incredible is that? That's why he's so <laughs> just chaotic. Everywhere. 
because Frank Oz is trying to do a thing but only has one arm and Jim Henson's like, nope, 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 fuck this, fuck that, fuck this in particular. Is that, wh- is that why everything all gets thrown in the air all the time? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Um... Oh, yeah, that's so my, changed every time. That changes just... everything. So that's most of my notes about um, Henson's sort of career and stuff and how it, how it got started. Um, I don't just, just really have... On, whilst, just whilst, sorry, whilst we're on the topic yeah. of the Swedish chef, oh, yeah. whilst Googling and whilst researching, you know sometimes Google has uh, other questions that people may have asked yeah, yeah. that you can click on? Um. One of one of those was is the Swedish chef offensive? Right, and it's led to one of my favourite sentences from uh, theatlantic.com. Right, talk, talking about the Swedish chef. Americans of a certain age who grew up on the Muppets often adore the Swedish chef, but many actual Swedes hate the dude or really, really dislike him. <laughs> Shocking. After all. He's a stereotype, possibly offensive, certainly bumbling, and probably not even Swedish. Jurekin. <laughs> Jurekin, <laughs> he's not um, Swedish. I, it really doesn't matter because that sentence is, has one Amazing. Sentence, of, sentence of the week right there. Um, so the, the Muppet Show... Um, I think came about. Oh, did they have to go to England to do the show? I've I've lost track of some of my notes because, frankly, it wasn't important. But basically, um, Henson <laughs> fill in the gaps. Yo, it's all good. Uh, Henson never wanted the Muppet Show to be a kids' thing. He did sort of nail the children's market with Sesame Street uh, because that was intentionally designed to be a kids' show. The Muppet mm-hmm. Show itself, he never he never wanted it to explicitly be a kids' show. Um, and he put out two, yeah, no, I was right. They put out two adult themed pilots on ABC in America. And then when they didn't take off, he buggered off to England and that's where the Muppet show actually got created. Um, the two Muppet show pilots (laughs) are Muppets Valentine's show and And? the Muppet show sex and violence. (laughs) Now, the reason it was called Sex and Violence was because the opening scene, you can find, I don't think you can find it in its entirety, but there's bits online. There's, um, the, you, can get, you can get a good few, you yeah. can get a good chunk of it online. The, um, the opening scene is um, the words Sex and Violence written in ostensibly stone, and uh, the narrator says, and now the end of Sex and Violence on television, and then they explode. And that's why it's called Muppet Show Sex and Violence. Um, but it was like slightly raunchier, like they had some, um, exotic dancers. Um, they, yeah, they just had, it wasn't like, not what you'd call an adult cartoon by today's standards, but like, yeah, it it definitely was more adult themed than Sesame Street, for example. Um, Uh, more the Simpsons than Family Guy, I think, but yeah, yeah, definitely. But, like, The Simpsons doesn't randomly have humans coming on and doing, like, weird dances in leopard print onesies. More's the pity, <laughs> More's the if pity. you ask me. 
Um, more is the pity. Yeah, so that that's that's my Muppet fact. That's all I got. What's your Muppet fact? Just just on the topic of uh, Muppet sex and violence. Oh yeah, Muppet sex. I think sex. I may have uh, mentioned this show before. Um, the Fuzz. Oh yeah, yeah. It only had one series. I don't know why it was cancelled. It's from 2014. I mean, you can guess why. It was. Um, it it was Scarface. Yeah, that's that sort of um, drug war show, but it had Muppets in it. Yeah, who are jelly beans instead of candies. I don't. I don't know why it. I, I don't think anyone really watched it, but it was great. Yeah. Then there was uh, the Happy Time Murders, which I think tried to do the same thing. Yes. But did it? Did, didn't look like it was doing a very good job of it. The conversation happened. We watched um, we watched Muppet Treasure Island, and we're, we're going to do. I think film review is the wrong sort of word, but we're just going to talk about that, and that's going to be the thing that happens now. A movie discussion. Yeah, man. We totally planned this out. Yeah. The twenty fifth anniversary of Muppet Treasure Island today. 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 Today, February nineteenth of February, I think it was two months ago. <laughs> but 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 it's still this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how old uh, uh, Christmas Carol, Muppet Christmas Carol, is. But twenty five is a good number, so I'm glad we did this one. Um, what do you think of the film, Ben? I love this film. Yeah, I think it may have been. Um, one of my... It was either this or Fern Gully that introduced me to Tim Curry. So that was your the first time you saw Tim Curry? I think it would have been that or... Uh, yeah, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, where he plays this goo blob of poisonous goo called Hexus. Hexus the poisonous And sings goo. the sexiest song... About goo. That... It's too sexy to be in a kid's show. (laughs) Like, if you listen to the lyrics, there's a bit where he makes, like, sexy groans. If you listen to the extended version, there is the line, I feel good, a special kind of horny. I'm I'm not surprised that that line was taken out of the universal rating for everyone. Yeah, shocking. Really? Wow. But... But the whole song has that feel to it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Go watch Fern Gully Last Rainforest. And Don't also Muppet Treasure Island. The, the story of Treasure Island, I know through Treasure Planet yep. and Muppet Treasure Island. There, there's another male actor in um, Muppet Treasure Island who is also incredibly sexy. Uh, very much my, he's my Tim Curry, uh, Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly's in it as well, and mm-hmm. Jennifer Saunders. Jennifer Saunders. Jennifer uh, Saunders is, is, I think she's like 20 at the time, and is dressed as this hideous old woman. Uh, Billy Connolly, I, I've tried to find out if this is true, and so far I believe it is. Uh, he brags that he's the only man to die in a Muppet movie. Because you I, don't explicitly uh, see Tim Curry die. Spoilers. No. You don't see the... People get sh- no. There's there's a lot of implied on ca- explosions. On camera, he is 
He's but the only you one see on camera. Him die but... on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Which is followed by Rizzo's fantastic line of "He died." This is supposed to be a kids' movie. Rizzo has the uh, the best lines in the whole thing. Um, Jim, Jim Hawkins, played by Kevin Bishop, who yes. I spent ages thinking, "Where the fuck do I know that child from?" He had a bit part in Peep Show. The score for Muppet Treasure Island was by Hans Zimmer. It uh, was arguably one of the uh, one of the uh, best Zimmers. One of the best Zimmers uh, of the Zimmer Frame Dynasty. Um, one of the most prolific composers. Even if you don't like what he does, he still has written most scores. Uh, Inception um, being one of the the most noteworthy ones. Um, he also did most of the Pirates of the Caribbean scores, and it's interesting that you can hear some of the same elements there. But he did not. Hans Zimmer did not do the first Pirates of the Caribbean film. So all of the... Um, was it Danny Elfman? No. Uh, Normally no, Danny it didn't Elfman. sound like Christmas, so no, it wasn't Danny Elfman. <laughs> uh, that's how you know it's Danny Elfman. It sounds like Christmas. Klaus Badelt, a German composer who did the first Pirates of the Caribbean film. So like all the central themes, da 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 was actually him. Hans Zimmer came along and made it a little bit more epic, which is sort of what Hans Zimmer does. Um, I, I choose to believe that like uh, Klaus Bedelt signed up for one score and when he didn't want to do the second one, uh, they were like, oh, well, let's find someone else who's done Pirates in the past. Muppets Treasure Island, yep, book him. Book That'll that guy. Do. He also did The Lion King. Shut up, book him. He did do The Lion King. He did. Um, I've got to say, did... the score to Muppets Treasure Island is much better than Pirates of the Caribbean. Fucking fight me. What, as in the score for the Pirates of the Caribbean, or just in general, it's a better movie? Oh, the the score specifically, because that's more my wheelhouse. But like, yeah, I could also argue it's a better film. Uh, no, but the the score is really good. Um, it's <laughs> what Pirates of the Caribbean really needs is a good old sing along with puppets. I've always it said it does. That. <laughs> it needs Easter Island heads. Yeah, it does. It absolutely Ooga does. Shaka, Ooga shaka. I have one Kevin Bishop bit of information that. Is it I true? I hope it's actually true, because it's not from my brain, it's from the internet. I'll get ready with Google, just in case. Uh, there were about 100 people auditioning for the part of Jim Hawkins. Yeah. Kevin Bishop was the first one to do it. And the song Something Better, that he sings with Gonzo and Rizzo at the beginning, they uh, recorded before his voice dropped. His yes. Voice, his voice drops between recording that and filming. Yeah. Which is why that song is so high. So high. So high. Yeah, because there's a few bits that you, you you sort of listen to and you're like, oh, I can see he's young, but like, <laughs> he sounds very young. Because <laughs> he's not even struggling mm. to hit those high notes. That's just his range. Impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. What are like some of the what are some of the jokes that you especially enjoyed in the film? Um I I love how it can be epic. Yeah. As you said, with these enormous musical numbers, um, the bit where the the carriage is going down, uh, the, the carriage carrying the captain is going down the streets, and people are diving out the way. Yeah, and there's muppets pulling their children out the way, and all of this stuff, and they can do so epic and big movie stuff. But then when um, 
Mr. Arrow pretends to be a ghost. And they've literally just put a bit of talcum powder on his nose and some seaweed on his head. Yeah. And he comes up going, boogie, boogie, boogie! <laughs> because it's... Because it's so... It's one of those things that you want to say is stupid, but is also genius. Yeah. They've put it there because it's stupid, and that's what makes it funny. They've got this huge, big budget thing. They could have done anything, and it was just, nah. That is one of my favourite jokes. My my favourite moment. Miss Piggy has just met um, Kermit again, who they were meant to be married, and then meets Long John Silver... Who they and they used to date. Of course, he, the pirates was going to steal everything from him, but her tribe of pi- uh, wild boar pig people surround them. Long John shoots the hat off of one of them, and they all shit themselves and run away. And Miss Piggy just face palms and stays there. <laughs> Long Tim Curry says, like addresses her, and there's just. What? Filled with such... I've got too much shit to deal with here. Yeah. Was just such a perfect delivery. I have a, um, I have a great Miss Piggy note. I think, I think this was when the character's been developed, but when Frank Oz was recruited to basically do the, the B characters to Jim Henson's A characters. So one of them was Bert, one of them was Ernie. Jim Henson was Kermit. And Frank Oz was going to be Miss Piggy. And they were sort of talking about the character. And Jim Henson summarizes Miss Piggy by saying, um, it's a truck driver that wants to be a woman, sort of. And that's, that's apparently what Miss Piggy is. <laughs> Fair like, enough. Yeah, no, I, I sort of see that. Yeah, I, I can get the... Yeah, I suppose I can see that. And uh, um, Spicy Chai Bunny mentions the, the her whole karate chop thing. That was... The the initial note for that was supposed to be I can't remember what show it was, but it was supposed to be her just going like pleh or something, just like shaking something off in a ladylike fashion. Um for a laugh, whoever was doing Miss Piggy just did like a full on and that was that became Miss Piggy's thing. What was your favourite part of the or what what part really stood out to you? The roll call was special. Um I thought some of like the um the the heart heart hearty is the wrong word. Uh the more heartfelt moments. Um like the interaction between like uh Jim Hawkins and, and uh Long John. I thought that, that was like a really special kind of like obviously this kid's put trust in this guy and this guy is using him to an extent, but like if he he must clearly like care for the kid because I think because he had a relationship with his father, um but if if you just wanted the map off the kid, you just steal the fucking map. It's a child who cares. Um, so there's clearly like something else going on there. I thought that was quite a, quite a sweet relationship, uh, especially at, spoilers at the end where he chucks his um, he chucks his compass back at him. Um, I thought that was really smart. Yeah, some of the musical numbers were were fun. Um, boom shakalaka laka. Is that where that comes from? Boom shakalaka boom Um as like a cultural phenomena. Are you googling boom shakalaka laka? Boom shakalaka laka. 
Years before the creative minds who bought NBA, blah, 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 blah. Sly and the Family Stone, a funk band from the 60s, oh, crooned out the famous explosion, boom, and the ensuing concussion, shakalakalaka, with their hit song, I Want to Take You Higher. Not to be confused with Boom Shanker, which is from the young ones and means may the fruit of your loin, may the seed of your loin be fruitful in the belly of your woman. Not to be confused with Ravi Shankar, the sitar player from the 60s, who inspired George Harrison. I don't know any other Shankers. I'm sorry. Not to be confused with the guy that lives around the corner from me and will stab you for change. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I thought that that was going just... I thought that that had just trundled to a stop, but... Nope. Nope. There we go. (laughs) Um, uh, we were saying earlier about how, like, like the logistics of having Muppets and people go uh, working alongside each other. The song Cabin Fever. Yeah, that was a fun moment. I, think I love how quickly they get over Cabin Fever. Cabin, oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's a full song about how they've gone insane. Yeah, and then suddenly are okay. Anything gone... else you want to say about the... No, man. I um the the only Muppet thing I have left, and the the saddest thing on the internet is um the Big Bird performance at Jim Henson's funeral. I've not seen it. If if you're a crier, fucking strap. It is the saddest thing on the internet. Um, so like, don't go near it if you think you might um have a bad time because it's a real bad time uh yeah spicy chai bunny's seen it <laughs> um it's the um it's the actor uh, who plays big bird in the big bird costume um singing it's not easy being green to like a oh. so- solo piano accompaniment okay just... i will uh yeah don't or do like whatever you're you're in charge of your life. Um, yeah, but if, if if you're the kind of person that enjoys feeling things, go nuts. If you're worried you might feel too much, um, then don't. That's up to you. Uh, but yeah, saddest thing on the internet. I think that's, that's official. Um, well, we'll uh, be ending this stream a little, a little sad, but, you know, Jim Henson did die. It was very sad. And, yeah. you know, these 60 years later, people are still talking about him on the internet. There's still yeah. Muppet. Uh, There's lots show. of Muppets afterwards. Um, Muppet um, Christmas Carol was the first film that was uh, post Jim Henson. Really? Just to, give you, just to give you a sense of scale. Yep. So everything after that is after Jim Henson passed. Fun fact. Not even necessarily a fact, but it is a fact. No, but wait. Not even necessarily fun. But it's it a fact, fact certainly. I don't know what's um, real anymore. Um, I I was just going to say, as as the uh, it's, it's, it's still inspiring people. There's still movies and all these things happening. Yeah, and and as that was the first movie, there was the episode of the Muppet Show where after Jim Henson had died, um, Kermit is away traveling mm. and leaves Fozzie Bear and the other Muppets to. Uh, come up with like the the production number for that week. Mm. They get a letter from Kermit saying that 
Jim Henson has died, and they're kind of like, oh, who's Jim Henson? So they... Uh, so weird that they address it directly in the show. It is, but it sort of had to be done. I, yeah, think, I think it was really it. good that they did it. Um, the special like has the Muppets figuring out who he is whilst trying to prepare this production number that they had to do. Uh, there were guests that told stories about uh, their experiences with Jim Henson and how he'd done, you know, contributed to puppeteering as well as TV and films. As they uh, get closer to the end, they discover some fan mail for Jim Henson. Yeah, yeah. Which they start to re- they sort of take turns reading some of them. One was addressed to Kermit, that uh, was happy, but then you found out that then it, that's when they find out that Jim Henson has died. Mm. Uh, Fozzie decides not to do the number because it's it would be too sad. Kermit's nephew then starts everyone Prebit. starts uh, getting everyone to sing this song called "Just One Person." I don't know it. I'll be honest. Um, which was featured in a 1977 episode of The Muppets. That bit I did just sort of take from the internet. I don't know it, but I'm sure it's very sad. Um, The song becomes a big musical number with Sesame Street coming in, Fraggle Rock coming in. Um, As they finish, Kermit arrives, and this is the first time, because Henson was Kermit. Yeah. He did the voice. So this is Kermit turning up, still sounding... You know, I think they, yeah. the, uh, the guy, Steve something or other, did a pretty good job. Uh, he said it's a very nice way of honouring him. And then they do the number that Fozzie had planned anyway, because they should. Uh, they said they should... Kermit says he should do something silly to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, addresses the audience and says that the Muppets will continue to perform because... That's the way the boss would want it. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's sweet. And I think that's that's a really good, you know. Yeah, I th- I think that that that's a really nice, as you said, sweet. Yeah. Um. Steve Whitmire. Steve oh yeah, Whitmire yeah. Uh, Jim Henson was a uh, a humanist, so he like he he was very much into like making the most of the life you have. Uh, how can you like maximize good for the people around you? Uh, in ex- he he wasn't a great dad apparently. Not because he wasn't abusive or anything uh, shitty like that. He just like good. Don't don't end it on that. Big old pedo. Um, no, he he basically just I think realized <laughs> Laura, that he take could that like <laughs> Laura double it. Um, <laughs> I think he just realized that he could like spread joy to literally thousands and thousands of kids and, and adults and, like, regrettably sort of didn't, like, remember crazy fucking kids as well. Uh, but, like, their mother was, like, uh, and who had also uh, worked with Jim Henson. That's how they met. Um, she, did, she did a pretty good job. And inexplicably, the kids wanted to carry on the Henson legacy. So I think it was Brian Henson who was essentially in charge of uh, Muppets Christmas Carol and, and I think some of the other films. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think like that sort of links to what you were saying about like, yeah, it's, the show must go on. That's what the boss would have wanted. Like that's very much his whole vibe. Like what's the point in setting up this universe with these lovable characters and endless possibility for, for stories and, and for, for learning. What's the point in setting that all up if, 
when Henson if it's just gonna... dies, he's just gonna the show's gonna go with him. Like as you say, there's several thousand puppets. You may as well use those puppets, am I right? You know, relatable problems. I got an attic full of puppets. What am I gonna do with them? <laughs> All the bad versions of this guy that didn't make it to the show. Let's um let's do the wrap up business. Um do you, do you have a plug? I have a plug. Do you have a plug? I've had Shake Shack. It's real good. Oh yeah. What's that? It's a burger place. It's now on Deliveroo. I think it was an American thing and it's come over here. Oh rad. Give that a it go. It says that it stands for like sustainable stuff and that it tries to build community. I did Google to try and find bad things about Shake Shack and I couldn't see anything. Shake Shack controversy. This doesn't mean that Shake Shack is great. Right, yeah. But when I googled to make sure that Nestle was a bad egg, yeah. it was instant. Yeah. How they make women have babies so they can have a bigger workforce and stuff like that. I don't think Shake Shack do that. If they do, fuck you, Shake Shack. Just the logistics. Good, they do nice burgers. The logistics involved with like forced pregnancy feels like I know. Not, not from an independent <laughs> business. And Nesquik isn't as good as it used to be, so clearly it's not working. Yeah. Um, Fuck wicked. Nestle. I have to give them a go. Uh, my plug, um, giving away all my trade <laughs> so secrets. stupid. I spent too long making Muppets. Make a bad <laughs> what you will, pod What's babies. your plug? I like burgers. Especially if they're from good people. Um, I would like to plug the Wizard and the Bruiser podcast. Uh, when researching Muppets, they have two episodes, which is where I got um, so not all of the information, but certainly a lot of it, and certainly they gave me some great things to then go away and research uh, about Jim Henson and his life and all sorts of things. Uh, I found a couple other YouTube channels, but like I only watched like bits of videos, but it really was the Wizard and the Bruiser podcast that uh, helped me with my research. Uh, Wizard and the Bruiser is uh, exclusive to Spotify, so you can get that even with the free version of Spotify, Wizard and the Bruiser, part of the last podcast network, which you all know I like. Um, there is also on the last podcast network a episode of Page 7 podcast, which is specifically about the production of Muppet's Christmas Carol. So there's three things on the same network that you can go listen to to get your fill of Muppets. Uh, oh, there's, that's me. There's, there's another Muppet experience I've had. I went to London to go into a proper old theatre slash cinema oh, yeah. a couple of Christmases ago to watch Muppet Christmas Carol. That's and fun. it was it was a sing-along thing. Oh, fuck that. So everyone in the theatre sat on these old proper wooden theatre cinema style seats were singing along to all of the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol songs. I hate it. Including the one that um, (laughs) Michael Caine can't sing so they took it out of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, we watched that first and there was this small boy and his mother behind me and the boy went, why isn't this why is this on? The mother went, well, they're showing this bit because it, it, it isn't in the main film. And he goes, why, why is it not in the film? And she went, well, 
People thought Michael Caine could sing, but it turned out that he can't. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. And that would have been the kid's first experience of Michael Caine, is him yep. not being able to sing. <laughs> In wow, his pyjamas. In his pyjamas. Not singing. Yeah. He died doing what he loved. In his pyjamas, <laughs> not singing. <laughs> Right, wonderful pod oh, babies. Thank you so much for hanging out on this live stream or for catching the episode, if that's how you caught this particular episode. Uh, there will be more episodes soon. Honestly, I've lost track of the mm. schedule slightly, but if you can't find us on uh, Twitter or Instagram, of, we tend March. to post things when they happen. 9th of March is what? The next live stream. 9th of March is the next live stream. What's the topic Sorry, for the I next was, live stream, Ben? I was shouting over you. The no, next no, topic... Helping. Yeah. Fashion. Thatcher? Who knew? Fashion. Fashion. You've got oh, fucking yeah. headphones fucking on. Fashion. Turn them up. Thatcher? Um, yeah, it's fashion. We're doing a fashion podcast. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be weird. It's going to be real good. See if you're soon, happy people. and you know it, clamp your hands. Um, be nice to each other. Be nice. Especially you. Wear your fucking mask. Stay yeah. two metres away. Just it's because things yet. are opening doesn't mean you can go Don't... and lick your neighbours like you used to. Yeah. None of that. I know what you're like. Keep it in your mouth. Keep Stay one in your mouth. clear of the virus. And we'll be, we'll be able to go to the pub and talk about Muppets soon, maybe. I, I want you to did. make me a promise, Ben. I want you to mm-hmm. sincerely make me a promise. When we finally get to the pub... Please don't talk about the Muppets. There's been so much more. So much more to talk about. So much more to experience. I mean, there is so much more to talk about, but I can't make a promise like that. Because you've now just put the Muppets in my mind in the pub. Okay. I could bring him. Mate, we should bring... Okay, right. That's what's going to happen. All right, Bod Babies, we're going... We'll hopefully we'll soon. send you a picture with ourselves in a pub with Muppets. There we go. That's the podcast guarantee. Go to the social media and you'll see them first. Yeah, man. At Convo Hat uh, Twitter and excuse me, at Convo Hat Podcast Twitter and Instagram. There'll be stuff. Alright. Toodaloo fam. Bye. I need to pee. Thank you for listening to and presumably enjoying the Conversation Hat Podcast. We've chosen to put this, the only advert, at the very end of the show because we wanted to specifically target the people who enjoy the Conversation App podcast the most. And the fact that you're still listening, even though the episode has actually finished, well, that leads me to believe that you're exactly the people I want to talk to. The Conversation App podcast, and indeed everything we do here at Odd Creative, is an entirely independent operation. So please bear in mind that even though we don't get paid for doing these episodes, that doesn't mean they're not work. So we're asking you, our most dedicated listeners, to consider what you think this show is worth. If it's worth around one American dollar, which, I mean, it is at least worth that, then do consider subscribing to our Patreon. A Patreon subscription to the Conversation Hat podcast is a monthly recurring payment of pretty much however much you want to send us. For one dollar or more every month, you get early access 
to our recorded episodes. You also get access to an additional patrons-only mini-podcast, so something that only people who subscribe to our Patreon will be able to hear, which is really exciting for us because it means that we can be really super gross and only our most dedicated listeners will ever hear it. That's kind of fun. So if that sounds interesting to you, please go to patreon.com forward slash conversation and see what else we have on offer. Thank you for your time.